Welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Evan, and with me is Chris. Chris, how are we doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Ryan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well. <laughs> I'm awesome. Yeah, Ryan's not here once again. Uh, you know, we're looking for a third podcast host to all the listeners out there. If you guys want to hop in, uh, all I really need you to do is make a schedule and uh, <laughs> just one schedule every once in a while. That, that's all you got to do to be a host and have a decent voice. So tossing that out there. But how are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. Um, coming off of a scary win. Yeah. To say the least, that was easily a losable game with mm-hmm. how we played. But you know what? I mean, you're going to have nights like that. And when you talk about mental toughness, whenever you're down at home, against a team like that. I mean, there's not much more of a pressure situation than that. And, and the players must have been feeling, like, embarrassed even. I would you think know? so. Yeah, I feel like Moretti definitely was feeling embarrassed because uh, he shot so poorly the entire game. He may only made a couple, you know, big, big shots, and he was good from the line, of course. But um, what was he, two from 13 from three? I mean, he left like thirty-five points out there. Uh, yeah, he off was. The table, let's see, he was three of eleven from he was three. Three, three and of I, eleven. I think two of those came in the second half. Yeah, so that, those two came in the second half. The first half was abysmal mm-hmm. for Davide, but I don't know. I mean, you know, we pulled it out. It wasn't a pretty win, but for us to be able to do that, like I said, that's just tough mentally because yeah. that's an easy trap game whenever you're down like that. Yeah, and, you know. So. What were the cons? What were the biggest cons of that of that game? The way Whose performance do you think was the worst? Moretti. You think Moretti was? Yeah. yeah, I do. Just because because he's so automatic usually, mm. and he missed some open shots. But then it was almost like it was almost like gambling. When you lose a lot of money, you start trying to bet big to win it back. You know, mm. he was trying to just make these outrageous shots yep. to try to get himself back in in the groove instead of kind of relying on his teammates yep. to pick that slack up. But to to his credit, if you will, there really wasn't a lot of offensive superstars in this game. So no. it's not like it's not like it was a you know. We, I mean, we saw Shannon with another great yep. performance, eighteen points, going five for thirteen from mm-hmm. the field. And then my, my my player of the game, I would say, would have to be Chris Clark. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course. Five for ten, fourteen points, eleven boards, He's six leading assists. The team. I mean, played a complete game. Like he's done the past, you know, since the third game of the season, he's really, like, taking control of this team. I say the biggest downfall in this game was uh, Holyfield. Yeah. Again, just getting in the foul trouble all the time. I don't understand if he's just not competent in his defense where he can't just go up and not take a, you know, get a foul. Yeah. He fouls every single time. And that's going to be really bad when it comes to Big 12 play because a lot of people are going to be coming at him heavy. And knowing that they can get bailed out with a foul. Yeah. Because there's so much tape on him now where he's got four or five fouls, you know, the last how many games? Five games? Yeah. I mean, it seems like every game. Every game. He's in foul trouble, and that's just not good because he's one of our bigger guys down low. So, also, I don't know why we didn't play uh, Chewy much in that game at all. He only came in for like three to five minutes. Yeah. And we need some big bodies down low, I guess, because his offensive output's just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, he's a player that's still figuring out who he's he is, raw. right? He's trying to grow into his body almost. Yeah, he's mad raw for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there, but he needs to be developed quite a bit. But um, He needs to just go shadow Odiase wherever oh, he yeah. is and then just, you know, hang out with him yeah. and learn and learn what he's doing. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see one of the – one of my favorite players, one of Chris Beer's favorite players, Justin Gray, being yeah. back in the, in the house for that game. 
And for the fireside chat. And for the fireside chat. If you haven't seen the fireside chat, go watch this week's because yeah, it's fantastic. It is but, amazing. Santa um, gets on uh, Chris Beard's lap. Yep. Chris Beard yep. asks him yep. what he wants for Christmas. Here's how bad Moretti played, in my opinion. Justin Gray's mother even texted Chris Beard, as he mentioned, and said, oh, why yeah. is Morrow turning the ball over so much? Yeah, turning <laughs> the ball Beard over. And Beard said, I don't shots. know. I don't know, Mrs. Gray. We'll figure it out. Wow, he put him on blast on the fireside chat. He, he Jeez. did. He did. Well, I guess look out for a big game tomorrow from Moretti. Yeah. If he's going to bounce back after that. Yeah. No. And, you know, maybe you know maybe this is just my opinion, but some of the commentators when Texas Tech beat Louisville – it was uh, it was that Louisville. I think their words were got fat and happy being number one, mm-hmm. and then when we went to play them, we just out hustled them and played with a lot more energy and aggressiveness. You know, and that's how we took that game. Maybe that win kind of got into their heads, and then you know you're playing this subpar team that's three and eight. Um, you know, maybe they just thought we're too good for these guys, yeah. and just didn't. And they didn't come out with the energy that they had against Louisville in the first half. Right. I mean, they were down seven zero in the first what five minutes. Right. So maybe it was just a, you know it was a you know they got complacent. Yeah. Because the the you know the challenge wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to know for sure. I I mean, one thing that rings true about Chris Beard teams is that he's always making sure that they're playing their hearts out. So, um, I I know that. Maybe they weren't as energetic, and you can't be. I mean, you're going to see different levels of energy depending on what games you're in. I yeah. mean, that's just the reality of basketball. But I thought that our hustle was there. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that we were kind of lethargic or our shots just weren't falling. We just no shots were falling. We just didn't play well. And 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 there were stretches there where there was zero communication on the floor between the players. Yeah, no one was talking to each other. And this was really in the first half. No one was talking to each other. No one was hyping each other up. And then, uh, you know, it kind of switched at halftime. I'm assuming Chris Beard said, you know, or yelled, or I don't know what he did at halftime, but Chris Beard is an amazing coach in the second half. Yep. And it looked like a totally different ball club in the second half. But that first half, everyone was kind of down on themselves, and that totally just played into the lack of energy, the lack of hustle. And, you know, they were just down on themselves, and that's not conducive to making buckets fall when it's a hard night in the first place. Right. Well said. But, you know, onward and upward, a uh, W is a W. We're, uh, what are we, 7-3 now? 7-3, yeah. 7 and 3 now 7 and 3 ranked 24 in the country. Uh, we got a game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Who are we playing? UT Rio Grande Valley. Yeah. And we yeah. played them before. You know who their stud player is? It who? was Jordan Jackson. He played for Tech in 2015. Okay. He was a big recruit. Son of one of the most legendary Texas Tech basketball players of all time. One of the greatest tech athletes of all time, Cheryl Swoops. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Jordan came to Tech in 2015 for whatever reason, just didn't jive well, I guess, and transferred out. So and but he was a he was a top recruit. He was a big recruit. Yeah, I think he was a three star. Maybe he's playing there. Yep. He's a senior there. Wonder why. Um, yeah, so he transferred there, and we'll get to see him. And and he's their leading scorer. He's their he's their star player. So um, it'll be an interesting game. I think that. We've played this team before, I think two years ago. Yeah, and and he came. He, he I mean, he he traveled with the team. He didn't play a whole lot, I don't think. But, okay, but he was there. So look out for a big game from him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a new tradition. New tradition in Texas Tech basketball. Uh, you want to tell them what it is? Yeah. So I actually love this. Yeah, idea. I love it too. Um, because it's something that's easy to do and can 
our, all of our fans can get behind. So And it can change the way the game goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So what we are charged to do as tech fans is to stand up at tip-off and remain standing until the opposing team scores their first bucket. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a cat, there's a cat going on. Cat fight happening. And the hell was that? In the, in the studio here. Um, yeah. But, okay, so remain standing. <laughs> so remain standing. Wow. Uh, yeah, I actually, I really, really love uh, the new tradition because it puts pressure on not only our team to block, you know make sure that they don't score, but it puts pressure on the other team to put up bad shots to make all the fans stand down. And I bet everyone's going to be insanely loud now yeah, totally. because no one's sitting down Definitely. on their behinds. And same thing for the start of the second half. We're, oh, it's the same thing? Yep, supposed okay. to stand up, start of the second half. So come out hot. Yep, coming out hot. So I, I love that. But, yeah, I mean, as we saw against Southern Miss, no game is a gimme. Um, even at home yep. with the squad that we have. So yep. we're going to have to play well. I think that Chris will hopefully have made the adjustments um, from what he saw against the game or against Southern Miss. And are you game. expecting to see Ramsey in this one? Just was about to ask you the same. I personally think that they're going to try to save Ramsey until Big 12 play. Yeah? He's not going to even come in for the last non-conference game? I mean, maybe, right? There's only one more non-conference yeah, game. Yeah, one is more. That right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe we see him there, but it's like if we go out and take care of business, which we're supposed to do against these teams, it's like why not rest him and make sure he's 100% good? Well, I mean, if you could just give him some limited minutes so he can just get in the groove of things. Right. But if he's not 100%, then he's not 100%. We don't want that yeah. injury getting re-aggravated before Big 12. Yep. So It'll be interesting to see. I don't saying. expect him to play in this one for sure. Maybe just a little bit in the next game, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him yeah. until – Who's the first Big 12 opponent? Is it Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State. Who's looking good. Yeah. I think that is Saturday, January the 4th. Lindy Waters is looking like a pro this year. Big time. Yep. And Um, McGriff as well. Yeah, so it'll be important these next two non-conference games to have a little momentum, confidence rolling into Oklahoma State, Mm -hmm. or rather as they come into Lubbock. So, um, But, yeah, we'll see if we see Ramsey. We're also getting pretty close to seeing Tyreek Smith coming back from his injury. See, that's going to affect the team in a big way. Absolutely. And can you imagine even if we – I mean, we don't have Smith. We don't have Ramsey right now. And we don't have Ntombwe. Can you imagine yeah. how deep we would be? I'm sick. I'm sick of hearing about Joel. I mean, it, it sucks. It really yeah. sucks. It's really changed, you know. I mean, not to say there's a ceiling on this team this year, but I think we would be – I think we would be much better with Joel on the team yeah, this I do year too. as well. I do too. Especially seeing how we're kind of stunted offensively yeah. without Ramsey. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, well, moving on from basketball, you know, we just had a big, uh, big, some big news for the Texas Tech Red Raider football team. We just got our um, recruiting class for 2020, and uh, it's one of the better recruiting classes we've had in a long time. We're uh, 40th in the country. That's what they were ranked for recruiting class. So we got 23 stars, no four stars, no five stars right now. But that's, you know, it's a solid base for Matt Wells to improve on a abysmal first season and, you know, actually grow this team how he wants to. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that it's all about player development at this point now, Mm -hmm. too. I mean, let's draw comparisons in coaching here. Let's let's flash back to the national championship in basketball Mm -hmm. last year. Highest recruit we had on the team was a three star. Yep. Right, and, yeah. and so 
that that just proves that that player development is key. It's getting the players that you can see the potential in. Yeah. And so, like I've always said, uh, Matt Wells is going to be defined by his ability to recruit and, and develop is, and develop. Yeah. Um, we do have a couple. Um, I, I want to at least one. There is a four star out of uh, Midland, mm-hmm. I believe, wide receiver. That we're looking at? No, that we got. Oh, we got one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and then, depending on webs- what website you look at, Jalen Polk, mm-hmm. who's a wideout who was a part of the kind of early signing, he was listed as a four-star. Now he's listed as a three-star. Not sure what's going on there. But we have some We have some really got some talent, talent coming in from the receiving court, for sure. Yeah, and, and something that Matt Wills you know, was harping on was that all of his recruits this year are from Texas. Mm. So he really wanted to build a base in Texas, West Texas, East Texas, around Texas, and start nabbing up players that would be going to schools like Oklahoma, for example, or Oklahoma State, or any of the other teams considering, you know, even Kansas. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a, it's a bright spot for uh, Red Raider football after a bleak start. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So time will tell. Yeah, time will uh, but tell. But I'm, I'm hopeful. But aside from tech football, let's talk Big Twelve football. Okay. You rooting for the Sooners? You know I am. I'm I'm rooting for the Sooners. I am uh, too. Yeah. I, there's no reason not to. I mean, they're they're looked at as lesser mm-hmm. compared to the other teams mm-hmm. in the in the football playoff. Do they have a shot? Yes. Are they going to win? In my opinion, no. But I would like to see Jalen Hurts go out with a bang. So. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for the Sooners. Yeah, I am too. I think that uh, that's going to be a really tough matchup for mm-hmm. them for sure. But I'm wishing Baylor got in. You know, I just I'm, I was kind of pissed they didn't get in, and it's their own fault. They couldn't close two close games, but whatever. We got we got Oklahoma back in there again, so it's good for the Big Twelve overall. So you got to root for your enemies, your friends. Wait, your enemy's enemy is your friend. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> All you, right. You got anything else? That's it. Well, sweet. Well, tune in next week. Uh, we'll certainly recap the UT Rio Grande Valley game, looking ahead to our last non-conference game. But uh, to everyone listening, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy time with your family and friends and, mm-hmm. and loved ones. So um, for now, I'm Evan. I'm Chris. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, baby. Guns up, baby.